It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This is the Pixar Sciatica Podcast. When I work with the clients that I get to meet on a daily basis, a large part of what I do, especially when it comes to pain management, is implementing exercises and stretches. But exercises and stretches all fall under the umbrella of what I like to call movement. And so rather than categorizing exercises and stretches, I have to say today's your movement. This is what you're going to be focusing on. And today's guest is a very special guest because I've been following him for years and his content has been so helpful. And one of the things that really resonated with what he has been teaching and sharing is this concept of movement re-education. And so today's guest is Ryan Hurst, founder of when I first heard about him, Gymnastics Bodies, but now GMB. So Ryan, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's Gold Medal Bodies. Gymnastics oh. is another company. It's all Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It's, all good. <laughs> it's totally fine, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's an honor. I I yeah, I've been following you for a while. And so it's really cool to be able to see um all the amazing stuff that you've developed. And I've been able to uh purchase some of your courses and I really learned a lot. And so for the listeners who may have just heard of you for the first time. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and, and what you've been up to? Absolutely. So, um, goodness gracious. So, GMB has been around now. I'm going to get this incorrect, which is hilarious because it is my company, but I think officially it's been about 13 years now. Um, uh, as far as that, we started the company then. I have two business partners, uh, Andy Fawcett and Jarlo Ilano. Andy is the big CEO, this kind of a tongue-in-cheek, wink, wink, kind of, you know, fun thing we say, CEO sounds super big and official, but, uh, and then Jarlo, who's a physical therapist, and then you have myself, I'm basically just the dancing monkey, I just teach this stuff, so anyway, um, but my background, uh, growing up, I did gymnastics um, all the way until I was 18 years old, uh, as well as martial arts, or martial arts, I moved to Japan, uh, when I was 20, officially like moved there. I visited there before, but I moved there permanently. Uh, when I was 20 years old, spent 28 years there. Last year, actually moved my family back to the United States. But I've been involved with martial arts pretty much since I was, I believe it was 13 years old when I started martial arts. I'm 51 right now, still doing it, actually still teaching it too, which is fun. Uh, but coming back to GMB, what we're just trying to do is get people to realize, you know, focus on their physical autonomy and just be able to move in a way that's going to help them so that they can be able to do the things in their life that they enjoy. It's not a matter of doing more exercise. It's a matter of finding what you need in order to help you, like I said, to be able to do the things in your life that you want to do and enjoy, whether that be squatting down to the ground to play with your kids, you know, surfing or doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like you're doing right now. So, yeah. Awesome. What a, what a cool story. And so 
you know, if we're talking about this concept of, uh, we'll say, autonomy, movement autonomy, the ability to do things, and going off of your website and the most recent stuff you've been sharing was this concept of, um, we'll say, unlocking stiffness. And I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to stretching and exercise and moving, is trying to overcome the, the aches and pains that we encounter um, as we get a little bit older. And so this concept of like aches and pains, but at all, often actually ends up being related to either uh, stiffness where there's uh, not enough motion, um, extreme flexibility, which is too much motion, and this concept of uh, even just the operation of muscles, um, whether they're not firing enough so they're extremely weak or they're too strong and they're doing too much Mm. of the work. Um, when it comes to stiffness in general, from what you've seen, especially when trying to, we'll take a deeper dive into movement reeducation, but from a stiffness standpoint, tell us a little bit more about from what you've seen, what your experiences are when it comes to one, how would you define what stiffness is? Mm -hmm. And in a general standpoint, what would you, what's the best way to unlock stiffness? Cause I think that was a very powerful statement that you've had um, in your, in your content. Yeah. Uh, lots to unpack there. This is fabulous. So um, one thing that I, that you brought up that I think is is great that sometimes people actually don't address is the fact that people can actually be too bendy, too flexible, um, you know, hypermobile uh, mobility is a thing. Uh, that's actually my case with my elbows and my knees, but what we typically see more than that are people who do not have the necessary range of motion to be able to do the things that they want in a stiff manner. So to me, if you're looking at stiffness, really, it's, it's of course, relevant to that person, uh, different degrees, but stiffness is something that is not allowing you to be able to feel and move in a way that you would like to. And so for me, stiffness and unlocking stiffness, therefore, is a matter of slowly increasing your range of motion so that you're starting to feel better in your body, therefore allowing you to be able to do the things that you want to do in your life. And so it's not just a physical thing. It can also be a mental thing as well. And so uh, the key here is, as I mentioned, working to increase that range of motion, doing it slowly being consistent and so by doing that over time you're going to feel things start to go away and that's what we're after is you actually starting to i wouldn't say forget but you wake up in the morning and rather than saying oh there's that stiffness again you wake up and then you realize oh my goodness i'm not tight like i used to be whatever that might be for you and so stiffness again many different ways that this can come about um, whether you don't move your body at all um, whether you move your body too much by either overloading the body possibly having someone on top of you trying to hug you very violently on the ground (laughs) Um, or it could be a matter of some general things a great example here would be me moving to the united states and actually driving and sitting twice to three times the amount that I normally would. I found myself becoming stiff, which sounds funny coming from the mobility guy, you know, but 
it's all relevant, as I mentioned. And so what it is is simply being aware, not just of what's going on in your body, but also looking at the outside lifestyle factors that could contribute to this. I won't go into diet or things like that, but there are many factors that that we could look at. But the main thing that we're trying to address is what range motion do you have right now? What do we need to work on? And then what is the protocol to do that? So this is actually our triple, fr triple A framework that we have. Uh, based upon my business partner, Jarlo, he's a physical therapist, as I mentioned, something that he would use with his patients. And we use it in GMB with all of our clients. And that's where you're using this AAA framework where you assess where you're at, you address the particular issues that you have, and then you apply the proper protocol that's going to help you to get where you want to go. I love that. Um, I think it's important, especially when you're dealing with movements even like even just lifestyle i think a lot of people think all right well i i want to get to i want to get to x goal so yeah. i'm just going to follow this and most of the time it, it'll it'll work okay but mm -hmm. in order for us to really implement the best tools the best techniques movements we have to figure out okay like where are we at today what yes. are, what is the information that we have bringing to this table what's the context yeah. right um being yeah. able to get into this because um and and that was one of the and your your partner um Jarlo, Jarlo, yes, yes. Jarlo, yeah um you know he he probably also got fed up like with like the typical route with the physical therapy profession because people would come in being like okay well i have back pain it's like okay well people have back pain will probably have weak glutes mm. and this is all just based off of an assumption that we were taught in school right yeah. so it's like okay they have weak glutes so i'm going to give them these 15 different exercises to get their glutes stronger not realizing that their glutes were actually probably plenty strong enough and i see this a lot and especially like when i'm working with weightlifters yeah and they're saying they're like oh i think i need to strengthen my glutes in my core and i say well you step under a 300 pound barbell you actually have a pretty strong core oh, yeah. um if you didn't have a strong core you would literally fold over like an accordion i would <laughs> you know in, in those words and so being able to look at okay what are we what are we looking at what's this information okay now that we kind of have an idea of what we think we need to be implementing okay let's go ahead and do this but it's going to be a consistent reassessment to make sure that what we're doing is actually in fact working right? absolutely and, so, uh, and and that is such a good point is that it's not one thing for example like when you go into a physical therapist and you say fix me it's not like that's like gonna happen right there on the table it might i mean but there's so many different factors involved with this. This, So again, what we're really trying, trying to do is say, hey, what's going on? Let's assess the situation. I think the one thing moving and going deeper into this is we also need to be realistic about this. And so a lot of people have these thoughts that should be a particular way they have to be a particular way and so instead of really you know okay what's going to be good for you where you are right now and if you can really you know take away all of that extra stuff and just say it's all right it's okay where you are right now <laughs> okay let's just work on that and so and just get to the heart of the matter and be realistic for example said you know if you are under the bar a lot then you're probably plenty strong in the core. Your glutes are probably firing just fine, okay? So what are the other things going on in your life that might uh, contribute, if you do this? 
And let's take a look at that, that and really on doing that, just bringing more awareness to what's gone so that we can be consistent, like I said, and um, do the things that are going to be good for you, address the issue, and then apply the proper protocol. This episode is brought to you by the Patient Advocate Program. Are you tired of not having support between your rehab sessions? Introducing the Patient Advocate Program, we're focused on your recovery and we're offering you 24-7 access to a doctorate of physical therapy. Stop waiting in line to be seen and stop spending hours doing long exercise programs. Imagine being able to get all of your care delivered straight to your phone. Best of all, it's affordable. We believe everyone deserves top-notch relief without breaking the bank. So why wait? Take control of your health today and visit PT Patient Advocate advocate.com and book your free call with our experts. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, um, as you were, we were talking about this stiffness and the, the movement itself, um, it really goes on to, um, the way I categorize stiffness and, and movement. Um, there's, there's many different systems that are obviously in play, but the, the three ones that I find that really come to mind that especially movement specialists like yourself and then PTs like myself can actually help out is one, the, the physiological aspect, like the actual muscle fibers. Can we actually change the muscle fibers? And that's really helpful, especially when it comes to stretching and movement itself. We also have the neurological. Sure. It's just being able like, it's our brain's ability to actually allow our muscles to move in a certain way. And also I think you, you um, from the, the flexibility of the mind as well. Yes. If we have a very rigid mind, it's yes. very hard for that to translate on over to, uh, to to movement. And then we have this concept of like the neurophysiological. So actually how the mm-hmm. mind and the brain uh, can actually interact with the physiology. And oh, and then another big piece, sorry, I skipped over it, was actually the anatomical. In yeah, some cases, yeah. there are gonna be some true bony sure. or muscular limitation, joint capsule limitations as well. Yeah. So just wanted to, to bring that up. Um, let's let's kind of let's bring this into the the lens of people who are dealing with uh, back pain and sciatica, right? And so, um, from your experience, the people that you worked with, the people that Darla has worked with, what are some of the common trends that you would see, um, or in regards to missing pieces or overdoing it? What have you guys seen uh, with with the number of people that you worked with? Now, lots of stuff here. And you, you brought up something. I something I think is on those three points. And and one thing that we're, thing that we're looking at well is when it comes to stiffness and, for example, example even pain. So we have the actual range of motion, motion that might be pain, uh, as well. Is is the side of it. So the fear of actually like, have that limited range of motion. You you can be scared of actually going into particular regular range of mode. So this can actually keep you from 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 to do something that might be good for you. And so, and so when we are, you know, for example, back pain or something like that, that people, as I mentioned, might think it's just, think it's just, but for us, we like to focus, like to focus on, you know, moving, moving more and better, better. So that can really be focusing on one thing. One thing that I actually fabulous. And also, you don't, so you don't see a whole lot here in the United States is, Getting down, down to and then up off of the floor throughout the day, throughout the day. And so this this is huge. And you know most most people don't. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't sit in here, but you know trying to spend time appro- approaching the floor and then moving around down on the floor. The floor work wonders. You're not necessarily strained. You're you're working working to ability. But the other thing is that is that you're creating these fabulous fabulous mental and physical you're you're bridge bridging that because you are creating confidence in in your body 
which therefore can also also work towards other things that is going on going on that could be holding you back. Oh, oh, you know, old. I can't do that. Well, if you don't do it, maybe you can't do it. Do it. Really slowly working to be to be able to get into particular positions. I think can be can be good. And specifically at you know sciatica, sciatica pain. You know, of course we have mechanical or something or something like herniated disc. Herniated disc is disc is, is nerve or it can be inflammatory due to an due to an injury. But first and foremost, of course, to go see a professional if you are in tons of pain. Of pain, but. Once you get there, there are a few things that we like that we like to look. As I mentioned before, it's slow and controlled movements. It's really going to help with the pain. And and in other words, there. So if you do a do a move, and there is more pain in doing in doing the move, and you're probably doing too much, right? Right. So looking at it that way, I think is good. It's good in this kind of being aware of your body, body, not just doing moving movement you think you should be doing something comes a triple a framework of really assessing assessing going on and then doing these doing these things say in a controlled manner in order to help or to help now you know an example could could be could be simple if it's okay if i could jump into this uh just an example could be where you're just lying on your lying on your back elevated and you're simply pulling your knee and your knee twist with one leg and one here is not just a particular a particular but you're bringing awareness to see see what you can do and i think this is very important and this is really what we're trying to get trying to get our gmb people people better at doing is thinking that you can you can own a particular movement it's what can, what can you and then going in and out of that out of that range and then again using that assessment is this helping or hurting because our body, our body's get back as long as we're open to that feedback. And this is the awareness portion of portion of it. So that's one example. Another thing could be where if you're sitting, if you're sitting in here, and you know, having your having your foot on a table, and you bring your chest up in order to slightly arch your lumbar, and then you go in and out of that out of that position. And yes, that self can help. But again, awareness to the body and say, okay, where are you? Are you feeling? And that can lead to something else in order to possibly help you. Like might be good to do standing leg swings to the front, to the side. And so rather than thinking that, you know, I'm just going to do this, to do this, I'm not going to do anything. It's a, it's a matter of what can you do safely, safely. And then kind of pushing that range of range of motion, you might still have pain, but if you're doing it and that pain dissipates, if you can move into that discomfort and do it safely, and this is also, and this is all in, into the here, here, move that you're not holding your breath, embracing, bracing, not only restricting that, restricting that motion, it also means that you're holding fear. <laughs> and so there's the mental and the physical portion of it as well. So by able, by being able to have a natural breath when you're doing this, doing this and out of this position, again, Again, your awareness, not just the physical body of this, of this, but you're beyond that fear of thinking that, oh, I'm going to have this pain. I'm stuck with this pain and there's nothing I can do about it. So you're being proactive. And um, yeah, again, it, it all comes down to awareness. awareness. So lots that I just said, said but, but yeah. I, I love it. I, I mean, it's it's huge. I, I You brought up a, a very interesting thing. Um, a lot of people will say specifically, especially out here in the U.S., um, 
there's like a certain age that we reach where you pretty much have very little opportunity to get down to the floor. Yes. And truth be told, if you don't use it, you lose you it. You lose it. And exactly. Exactly. I remember, so I gra graduated PT school and retired from collegiate swimming. I transitioned into CrossFit. Okay. And CrossFit, like they're the a lot of people look at cross and there's like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of burpees. And I think ultimately like burpees, if you break down in the structure of what a burpee is, it's getting down to the floor and standing back they up. They can be fast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you have this opportunity, but the reality is that if you haven't gotten down to the floor and gotten back up, doing a stump on like a burpee is going to be extremely oh, stressful, oh. extremely anxiety inducing, and can actually cause a whole bunch of issues. Yeah. So, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, this is great, Ryan, because in a way you're giving people permission to say w one today, see if you can yeah. get down to the floor and get yeah. back up. Right. And, yeah. um, this is actually something I'll, when I work with my geriatric population, um, people who are recovering from hip and knee replacements before I actually discharge them from care, we'll actually spend three or four sessions practicing, getting all the way down to the floor and then getting Fabulous. back up because Fabulous. to be able to get back up is, is extremely hard. It's, it's fear inducing. And, it's uh, it's amazing how much even just the level of comfort people experience when they are able to get down to floor and back up. But then also, uh, and one of the great things about something like judo or jujitsu, it's like because you're getting down the floor, you learn how to fall, you get back up. I'll tell you, the moment that I started rolling around on the floor, um, not like I was battling with a ton of injuries to begin with, but my body felt even better. And then during the the pandemic, when I didn't do jujitsu for a while. I started to notice, ooh, my body's getting a little stiff. And I would actually practice just rolling around on the floor. My mm -hmm. wife would be looking at me being like, what are you doing? Um, but it's uh, but it's really, really beneficial to be able to just do that. There's so many pieces to that. And um, I mean, it ultimately brings into the concept of awareness of the body. And I think it's so easy for us as humans, um, especially because if we're, um, and I say this a lot on previous podcasts, one of the big things, there are many things that separate us from the animals, but one of the, I think one of the things that is so fascinating is our ability to push past those physiological cues that say you've had enough. And it allows us to do a couple of days. We can push past human performance, right? We've developed such amazing athletic abilities, but also it's kind of to our detriment as well, because if we're sitting for two, three hours, our bodies are saying we need to get up. But if we can say we over uh, bypass that and we just sit for another two to three hours, our bodies are going to be stiff. And it's so easy for us to ignore those signals yeah. because we're able to to really build up. But sorry, you looked like you wanted to add something. No, to no, no. This is fabulous. And, oh. you know, it's it's just so interesting. And uh, you said some great stuff in there. And I think it, I always tell people. Um, especially recently, like, are you addressing the floor and are you getting down to the floor? And they're like, Hey, you know, I've got wrist issues. My hips are sore and my knees are aching and my ankles and lower back and blah, blah. And I'm just like, they're like, what exercises should I do? And rather than get angry, I don't get angry, but, but basically it's just like, you know, just move around. And they're like, well, I, I do, you know, move around. I'm like, yeah, but like, do you, do you put your hands on the floor? Do you push away from the floor? Do you twist your body in these, you know, and just, it, it can be so simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it can be so simple. 
And um, again, it's just crazy coming to the United States, how much I sit, how much movement I don't do compared to what I did simply for the fact that when we were in Japan, no furniture and, and, and little things like that, where you're forced to do certain things. Real quick, I remember when, so I went to uh, college over in Japan and I remember <laughs> going t- into one of the toilets in uh, when I first went to Japan. It was a squatty potty. It was literally just a hole in the floor. Very nice, I, you know, very clean, very nice. But, you know, you walk in in there and think in the beginning, oh my goodness. But then it hits you oh, every single morning. This is what I need to use. You either get really, really, really good at it squatting down and maneuvering, you know, doing that, or you make a mess. <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> nowadays, of course, nowadays, of course, um, it's different. Uh, they have Western style toilets in Japan, but I actually preferred that. Um, my parents didn't when they came to visit, but the reason why is because they weren't used to it. And they don't address the ground. So I think that if we can look at little things like that, um, and make them habits. Uh, I'm not saying you should do the squatty potty, but what, I, what I'm saying is, you know. I- our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Dressing the ground and maybe rather than sitting on the sofa when you watch TV, how about you just go to the ground, lie on the ground, get up, you know, do do something like that. And I think that can actually make a huge improvement. Again, looking at improving risk mobility strength, as well as spatial awareness, which I think is also, I think we're losing a lot of spatial awareness simply the fact that we don't use it like we used to, unless you're doing something like martial art. A hundred percent. I just had to throw it out there. Um, noodles taste a lot better when you're sitting down at the bottom of a squat. I'm just going awesome. to put it out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my wife and I went to um, to Vietnam in 2007, uh, 16, uh-huh. and you just go to the roadside stalls yeah. in Vietnam and just eat pho, and it's like the best thing ever. Heck and yeah, man. And there being like, I'm in my element. This is fantastic. Dude, I missed, yeah, that, um, yeah. But yeah. But, um, but spatial awareness, uh, yeah, it's huge because, you know, I'll tell you what, I think, especially when it comes to when I'm evaluating people who are dealing with sciatic and low back pain or even just neck and shoulder pain as well. (laughs) um, The first thing that I'll often look at is people's posture. And um, ideally in order for listeners, in order for you to get a good accurate measurement or view of what your posture is like, guys, take your shirts off, wear shorts, stand in front of a mirror. Ladies, you know, keep a sports bra on. 
and um, really like look at yourself. And the the major the majority of the time, the majority of the people I work with are only brought like their posture is only brought to their attention when they're actually looking at themselves in the mirror, or when someone actually says, "Hey, you look really hunched over." But we're not very aware. And I love the fact that you have spatial awareness is being able to just be again being in tune with your body, which a large part of um, my understanding with what your programs have been doing and a lot of what I do, especially with the clients I work with, is really this concept of movement re-education, yes. right? Helping people understand and learn how to move, um, you know, in, in their bodies. And so with with everything, and you've you've covered this a little bit um, already, but um, if if you need, if we can reiterate, like we have we have exercise, which I prefer to call movement. It's not just simply doing a specific repetition or focusing on a specific exercise, you know, we're really establishing a mind-body connection uh, when it comes to movement and allows for more freedom and flexibility. And especially when it comes to pain management, creating a safe space right. for us to move. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more um, and elaborate on your philosophy of this, of this concept of movement re-education, yeah. you know, spatial awareness and all that? Sure. So I love that you don't say exercise. Um, we don't either. Um, as a matter of fact, we don't even use the term workout. Uh, we call them sessions. And the reason why is because of this uh, physical education, re-education, if you will. We use sessions because what we're doing is practicing movement. We're learning and bringing awareness into what's going on in our bodies. Uh, we don't focus on performing repetitions, um, um, a set number of repetitions or a set number of sets of those repetitions. We're looking actually at using time constraints, if you will. Um, the reason for that is because we want you to be able to just set a time, but we want you to focus on each individual movement. And what I like to say is, I only want you to do one repetition as beautifully as you can, and then try another. And if we get so focused on chasing repetitions, then what can happen is we simply are trying to achieve a number and the quality of movement can actually dissipate. And the trouble is that on a piece of paper, or even for example, yesterday, if you got 12 repetitions of a particular movement, today, if you don't get that number, you think you might've failed. And that's just not how things work. And so this is why we use auto-regulation um, in terms of you focus on what you can do that day to the best of your ability, and that's good enough. A lot of people don't like hearing that, but if you are good enough, enough times over time, that leads to greatness, to be perfectly honest, rather than doing something that is not good for you in the moment, that breaks your body, that then doesn't allow you to perform the next day, that forces you to take a long time off because you injured yourself, therefore you never get in anywhere. So I'd almost rather have you perform more moderate level sessions because that level of moderacy over a year adds up to being at a very high level. And so, um, of course, it doesn't mean that you don't push yourself from time to time. But what I'm saying is that when you aren't feeling something, that's okay. You're good. You don't need to do more, but just do it at a quality that is extremely high for that time. Then when you are feeling really good, do more. And if we can just look at it that way, life can be pretty easy and you can make some great gains. 
And so the way that we actually structure our sessions, and I want to come back to something real quick. So recently teaching these martial art classes that I that I have, I base everything around three things: posture, breathing, mindset. That's it. You want to maintain your posture, control your breathing, and then keep your mindset because you want to disrupt your opponent's posture to control their breathing and take away their mindset. And that's really what it is. And so they get sick of me always saying, how's your posture? How's your posture? How's your posture? How's your posture? And the thing is, and this is related actually to what I'm getting at with our sessions, is that posture comes through having proper structure. And when you have proper structure, then you can put your body into alignment, which allows you to create a solid structure. And you can't have that if, like you said, you're hunched over all the time. If if your head is out of position, it's going to just do horrible things with your breath as well as your mindset. It's not going to allow you to be able to be in a good mindset for what you need. And so coming back to this, this is why in the movements where we teach, I'm always focused on a single cue, a single cue for each particular movement that we're after. This is setting you up in a good mindset because it's allowing you to only focus on one single thing. And that one single thing allows you to focus on that particular position of your body, the alignment that you need to be into. And then with that, another thing is that it allows you to create confidence in the body, which then with practice, your breathing becomes natural. So then it becomes a part of you and it's a natural movement pattern then. And the way that we actually look at structuring our sessions is that it's called the five P's. We start off with a prep. The prep isn't necessarily so much as warm up in that it's a full body warm up. It's looking at what you need to do to prepare yourself for what you're practicing that day. And then once we move into the practice portion of this, I already mentioned how we do that. We look at time and you look at a particular skill and you practice a skill because everything in life is a skill, period. Everything you do, whether that be a barbell squat, whether it be a, a clean and thrust for with a kettlebell, whether it be simply just trying to go down to the floor and get back up off the floor, you're practicing movements. And if you don't allow yourself the opportunity and set aside time for practice, then you're simply going through the motions. And so practice done slowly, controlled manner, allows you to bring better awareness to the body and see where you might need more work somewhere within that movement. Next, we have something that doesn't really occur in most people's workouts, and that is play. Play is missing from the majority of the workouts out there. Play doesn't just mean that you're just running around mindlessly, you know, jumping from this to that and, you know, on the monkey bars. That is great. But play for us is taking a movement that you're already very comfortable with and then trying to take it outside of the box that you've put it in. So you're simply moving beyond that range of that movement. So it's kind of similar to actually when you're looking at, you know, rehabilitation, if you will. We're exploring our options. It's exploration. And we can only explore if we feel confident already in a particular movement. So therefore, you wouldn't take a movement that you've never performed before and expect yourself to play. If we look at it music-wise, it's the same. How can you noodle around on your guitar if you don't even know 
this chord formation, okay? So you have to already have a certain understanding of that thing in order to move beyond that and explore. Now, again, we set up a time constraint for that where it might be a minute, it might be five minutes, but during that time, as well as during practice, it doesn't mean that we perform that movement continuously throughout that time. We will perform one repetition, possibly two of that movement, step away, give ourselves a break, take a rest. When we are ready, we'll go back and perform that movement again. And so this is how that we this is how we can bring awareness to what we're doing rather than just chasing repetitions. The fourth one is push. And this is literally where you're going to push yourself. So this is where the majority of people live. This is the workout. This can be the conditioning component of it, whether that be endurance strength, whether it be actual just looking at improving endurance for itself. But again, what does endurance mean? It's going to be dependent upon what that particular person means or needs. So in this, though, again, we're still looking at using these timed periods where it might be 45 seconds of performing a particular movement. And in this case, during push, we do not stop. But we can't expect a person to perform a movement with the highest quality and perform that movement with something that they've never done before. So what you do when you are pushing yourself during this time is you're using a very you're using a variation of the movement that is quite easy for you performing one rep one repetition. But because you're performing multiple repetitions of this, then what you're doing is you're increasing work capacity. You're adding in volume. You're getting in good quality repetitions. And the beauty of using time is that you could start with let's say that we're performing a chin-up and you can do, let's say, I don't know, 10 fabulous full chin-ups. But let's say during that 45 seconds, you're not able to perform those 10 full repetitions. That's perfectly fine. You can make adjustments to that movement and keep going where you jump up to the bar and then perform on a slow negative. So the beauty of this is that you're making adjustments so that you can still focus on quality, quality movement high quality of that movement for an appropriate level, pardon me, at an appropriate level for you. And so this is how we do this with push. And this is also where our stretching can lie as well. So you can finish up with stretches because a stretch shouldn't just be nice and easy. And, you know, I'm just going to sit here and you know, watch TV. We actually want to focus on pushing ourselves to that end range in a safe manner that's going to allow us to improve our range of motion and we don't use just passive stretching. We'll pulse into the movement, about five pulses, that end range, then hold that end range 10 seconds, possibly 20 seconds, and then repeat that a few times. But many different protocols that we can use for push, but push, as I mentioned, literally is where you're pushing yourself. The last that we have that I don't know any place that really does this too much, I mean, sometimes, but that's ponder. And so you actually think about, okay, what went well, what didn't go so well, and what could I do differently the next time I do this? So by bringing attention to what you're doing and what you did do, then it's going to allow you to be better in your next session. Now, I want to say something about the session as well. A lot of people think that if you didn't hit the numbers that you set out to do that day, that you're a bad person or you failed or something like that. My take on that is this. If you learned something during that session, that was a success. And that's it. 
because by learning something, you can then apply it to the next session. And that means that the next session is going to be better than the previous one. So therefore you're making improvements and that's success to me. And I learned that the hard way, many years of thinking that I fit particular workouts because I, because I didn't hit a particular number. And I would get super frustrated because maybe I wasn't able to do my handstand like I could the day before or that particular skill I was working on. I didn't, I wasn't able to roll or throw this person in my judo like I could the day before. And, oh man, I had such a crappy session. Well, okay. okay. Let's take a step back and say, why, why was that case? Oh, you know what? I was actually up all night and so tired because my daughter couldn't sleep and she had a cold and therefore I was just exhausted and I tried to do some things that actually I probably shouldn't be. Okay, good. We then take a look at what we really, really needed that and we can apply that to the next one. And that, that is having more self-awareness, using auto-regulation. And instead of going into the session saying, I'm going to crush it today, say, you know what? I'm going to start my prep. I'm going to start moving my body. I'm at least going to step on the mat. I'm going to step on the mat. I'm going to figure out where my, where my body is. Then I'm going to make adjustments according to what we need that day rather than what is written on a piece of paper and use that based upon, upon what's going on in my lifestyle. So lots there. But that is basically how we lay things out here in GMB. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And so... Yeah, we have these five Ps. Um, it really, really, again, boils down to this concept of self-awareness. And yeah, as yeah. you were telling this all to me, I'm just writing the words, feel, feel, feel. What it is, man. It, you know, we, we live in a world where, yes, it is important for scientists and like, even when we're making decisions, uh, it's, it's, it's prudent for us to make decisions based off of the facts yeah. and the data that we've gotten. But when it comes to your health, listening to what you're feeling is going to serve way better than what you're going to see on a piece of paper or whatnot. And just said something that I really believe, believe in. Does this serve me? Does this serve me? I think that is just the, the key here. Just because your coach, just because someone on the interwebs tells you that you should be doing something, something doesn't really mean it's going to be good for you. Does it, does it serve? If it doesn't serve you, don't, don't do it. But this is also very important because it comes back to our why. And I think, I think that we need to do some deep dives, deep diving into really what is our why? Why are we doing the things that we want to do? You know, I want to have six pack abs. abs. Why? <laughs> you know, because the thing is, once you get those six pack back abs, then what? It's like, what's next? Yeah, exactly. And I think, and, and that, that's one of the big challenges, especially with people uh, and say that, like we'll say in the fitness industry is that like, we, we push ourselves so hard. Oh yeah. Because we, you know, we want to get those six pack abs, but little yeah. do we know that like six, truth be told, six pack abs are really made in the kitchen. Right. Absolutely. And so it's great. It's yeah. actually a lot safer that way too. You don't have to worry about pushing yourself in such yes. aggressive forms. Sure. And um, it, it is important for us to be able to, to wind back and i think especially like the american fitness industry we've gotten to a point where pushing yourselves every single day is kind of like people wear it kind of like a badge of honor yeah. and the reality it's like yes you know you, you can put don't push yourself for the sake of pushing yourself you push yourself to get the results but yeah, right. in some cases if and and we see this a lot in every standard uh strength conditioning um text is like once someone reaches a plateau you don't push harder. 
Right. In fact, actually, like what separates a lot of the professional athletes, yes, they are training at a certain level. It's their job, but also they're tweaking every other aspect because if they train at the intensity of what people think, then they're going to be battling with injuries left and right. And that's a great point is what we, what we, all we see is what, what they want to see. I gotta be honest. It's just like Instagram. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not going to be 100% every single day. day. It cannot be, it cannot, cannot be. And again, like you said, we also see all of the nutrition, um, the particular nutritionist, their physical therapist, you know the the massage get whatever you know it's there's so so many other things involved what serves you what what do you find what you you want find the simplest way that and just be consistent and it's not going to be easy so you got to you got to create good hits but one thing i think i do like is the easy, easier you make it for you to start doing the thing, thing the better you're going you're going to reach so if someone comes to me and they're, me and they're like, "Hey, I have 100 push-ups every single day for a month." For a month, no, you're not. It could be one day where you might not be not be feeling it, and maybe couldn't get those 100 push-ups, and you're gonna be like, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, again, you might feel bad. There might there might be the where you don't have the time to do it to do it, so you skip it, and you know, for you failed. But if you made it so stu- stupid, just to start, start, just focus on just doing one push-up a, a, a day. For a month, I know it sounds super silly, super silly, but chances are, you can do one, can do one push up, and you're probably not going to not going to stop it push up, okay? But if you say I'm go- I'm going to do one a day, that's a great place to start, start, and you do it, and after a month, you end up doing all doing all that stuff. It's simple. It should be e- easy, but like I said before, on those days, those days where you're doing more, by all means, do do more. But this is regulation, auto relations, what we're getting at. And this, this is really can be consistent for year, years of time. And yeah, again, again, I get like for an hour just on auto regulation, but also, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is really great stuff. I mean, we've covered a lot today and it's, it's, and it's so helpful and insightful. It's also really exciting to be able to hear it from, you know, someone such as yourself. And so, um, you know, if we were to boil down for these listeners, so like when they leave this episode, that they know that they can have three things that they can do to improve their movement reeducation and make them feel more confident and get more in tune with their body, what would those three action steps be? This is a great question, and I pretty much tell this tell this this everybody. You focus on being more aware aware of how you're standing, sitting, walking, walking. Hold yourself throughout the day. The day, Just aware of it. Okay. The reason why is chances are if you bring if you bring aware, you're gonna change. And and you're going straighter possibly. Um, um you'll close your mouth, start start breathing those rather than breathing through your mouth. Okay. Okay, but by being aware of of how you want to sitting and walking and things like that, you you can start change, right? The other thing would be spending more spending more time. Getting down to the ground and then up off and up off the floor. Day. I mentioned this. I think that's just really important. The other thing, and it's and it's kind of a part of this, but there's one there's one thing with all those is focus on the big three and the B and the big three wrists, shoulders, and hips. Hips. And you can do this with just one thing. One thing we call it the bear walk. And and the cool thing is by doing the bear walk, 
you're a, you're actually number two, which is getting down to the floor. Floor bear walk is simply where you place you place your hands and your feet on the ground, and you just push your hips up into the air to the air as high, and then you just start walking, walking, and then walking backward. That's and that's it. Driving the hips up into the air, into the air is high. Stand with your hands on the floor. That's it. Don't even worry. Don't even worry about your heels to the floor. It doesn't matter. But by doing that, doing that, you're actually improving the strength, fluidity, as well as control in your shoulders, improving scapular health, because you're going to have scapular elevation, pushing your hips up into the air, strengthening, strengthening there. Also looking at improving lumbar, lumbar, as well as rear chain, chain mobility, strength, and control by locomotor paddle. So those three things, three things are there. Awareness of what you're doing throughout the day. Get down to the floor, get back up off the floor. And you can do that by using the bear walk to help improve your wrist, shoulder, and hips. There you go. Beautiful. Um, listeners, I'm going to find a, a video of, uh, of Ryan's bear walk and we'll put that in the show notes so then you can get a cool example. Um, one thing that came to mind, I think, yeah, 100% getting down to the floor is huge. Um, I often, when I work with people and they're like really scared of getting down to the floor, a really good, easy way for people to work on that is to actually start in bed. So I'll often have people lay on their bed and then I'll say, roll onto your stomach, get into your hands and knees. And then that already starts to make it a lot less scary. That's so good. just want to add right. that there. That's fabulous. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for thank your you. time today and your expertise. This is really awesome, really eye-opening. And um, it just continues to confirm how how brilliant and awesome you are. So for the listeners out there who are like, oh my gosh, like Ryan's like in, in GMB, like there's some really cool stuff. Um, what's the best way to get more information, get in touch with you, stuff like that? Yeah, so I I Paul started doing construction. Good timing, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, the easiest way is is just gmb.io. Um, but any social media platform, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. If you just type in GMB Fitness, will pop up. Beautiful listeners. Contact information will actually be put in the show notes. Listeners, awesome guest. We got the the P's and also the action steps, movement re-education, and being in touch with how you feel, self-awareness. There's a lot of really good stuff, a lot of things that will help you recover, but also help you stay recovered as well. So, Ryan, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.